Welcome to Oh Malort, Chicago history you never learned in school. Today, I am joined by my cohort, Risen Lady Heathen. How you doing? I am doing awesome. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. We're going to take a little bit of a different turn than we did last time. We're not going to be talking about Nazis. In fact, how do you feel about elephants? Oh, I like elephants. I like elephants too. I'm actually going to start by telling you, according to my dad, my first love was an elephant at the John Ball Park Zoo in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, and, that's adorable. Yeah, they have a picture of me like in awe of this elephant. And she died when I was young. And I've got to say, it confounded me more than someone trying to figure out the uh, Joe Biden impeachment effort. Oh, yeah. No, that is so full of so much bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Our story starts on October 19th, 1892, when the Chicago Tribune ran the headline, caught an elephant in the street, unquote. Just a random elephant just hanging out in the roads, doing its elephant thing. Oh, wait till you find out how the, this elephant spent its morning. Oh, no. <laughs> this is from the Tribune. Duchess, the 18-year-old female elephant at Lincoln Park, broke away from her keepers yesterday morning and spent several hours roaming about the streets near the park, carrying consternation wherever she appeared and breaking windows, gates, fences, and sidewalks. She was at last secured by the united exertions of her keepers, a squad of police, the patrol wagon, and part of the Northside Fire Department. Okay, can I just point out that it, it's their own fault for naming her Duchess because everything she sees belongs to her. Oh yeah, Duchess like, is, oh wait. They totally ruined any chance of her ever behaving politely by giving her a name like Duchess. <laughs> she was a circus animal too. Oh, that's even, oh God, the poor thing. Uh, yeah, no, so she had every right to do everything she did. Good, good on you, Duchess. Played. The way our story goes with Duchess, at 8 o'clock, Duchess became boisterous, finally fleeing from her zookeeper. And she advanced across the park, where, according to the Tribune, she balked and then brandished her trunk. So it's like she, she made it to the street and had this, am Duchess, I- do it. Yeah, am I going to go for it? Hell yes. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is amazing. <sighs> she ambled to an adjacent intersection. Then, like the Kool-Aid man, busted into a bar. <laughs> She's, I'm going to grab myself a drink while I'm out and about. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Her keeper caught up with her. So she amended her direction and her attention towards another nearby saloon pushing her trunk through the door and then rushing into one of the windows. <laughs> She's door. It's not working. So I'm just going to come in through the window, guys. It'll be fine. She just really wanted to do some day drinking. Yeah, no. There's nothing wrong with some morning <laughs> drinking, day drinking. She just wanted a mimosa to get started. It was mid-October, so maybe she just wanted to watch a baseball game. Oh, fair. Or she was going for the Bloody Marys being mid-October. 
But I do have to say, when the Cubs were in the World Series, they started drinking really early in the day (laughs) to the point where people were like, remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint, not a sprint. Just Just had to remind each other. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So she proceeded to an undeveloped lot. And she lifted up a 20-foot section of a high picket fence that was on the edge of the property. This is in my way. From the Tribune, all timekeepers, citizens, and policemen were following in vain effort to shackle the quadruped, which is another fancy word for elephant. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, actually a, her name is Duchess. <laughs> it's actually a fancy word for four-footed animals. Yeah. At 11 a.m., the zookeeper managed to lasso her leg and tie her to two trees. No. By noon, she returned to her stall after causing $1,500 in damages, which by today's standards is... If the circus hadn't been such dicks, like she probably wouldn't have done so much damage. Like she, she was just having a good time. She was, she was just having a good time. That wasn't the last we heard about Duchess. Oh no. In 1902, a Tribune headline heralded wine for zoo elephant. We did discover that she is into drinking, so maybe they thought if we give her some wine, maybe she won't be so crazy and want to get out of that. Here's the lead. Opera singer introduces the big beast to champagne, and Cy <laughs> Decry, whose throat is parched, to act as bartender. Pachyderm enjoys the dis- dispensation and manages to behave with decorum. Four bottles go in quick order. <laughs> that's amazing duchess played <laughs> this lady is your duchess so here's some champagne and duchess was like thank you that's all i wanted i appreciate that you recognize me for who i am you are a delightful woman <laughs> that's amazing oh my gosh so soprano emma ames deemed Duchess parched and probed zookeeper Cy DeVry if wine posed a problem. According to the Tribune, Cy, craving the champs for himself, countered, quote, well, the wine wouldn't hurt Duchess any, but she's real fond of water and perhaps would rather have it than wine. If you want to see her drink, why not try some vanilla pop? That's her heart's delight. Oh, because he's trying to steer her in the correct direction. Because I do have a feeling that too much wine and an elephant probably don't go great together. Oh, I get into the science of that later. Oh, that's exciting. I just also want to point, vanilla pop? Yeah, is that a thing? Is that some sort of, I don't know, cream, pre-cream soda drink? And then they're like, the vanilla itself isn't working out. Let's add let's add it to root beer <laughs> They created an amazing thing, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was. But as a corollary, the dollop did an episode exclusively about the zookeeper, and it is a wild ride. Oh wow! I'll have to dig that up. That sounds so much fun. A wild ride. Yeah, 
I listened to it after I wrote this episode. I'm like, oh, things make so much more sense now. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. No, the, the Dolphins are great. Yeah. The zookeeper continues. The Duchess didn't wait on ceremony. She used to be a circus elephant and knows a good thing at first sight. She grabbed the bottle, emptied it, and reached for more. Ah, get some, Duchess. Let's do it. Duchess, according to the Tribune and Side of Rye, is pounding bottles of champagne like people in Chicago consume green beer on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> that is an apt description, I have to say, because I know exactly what he means by that. Oh, my God. That's my description. Of what he's of what he's describing. He did a wonderful job. <laughs> yeah, that's this is one of those. It was in the paper, but I take it with a grain of salt. But it's fun. Yeah, um, that is fun. Also, make animals great again. Oh yeah, no. Let let elephants go loose on the rampage every now and again. It's good for them. It's good for the people too. That way, they they never get too comfortable. Never know if there's going to be an elephant stampede. Yeah, like there could just randomly be an elephant, and then you might have to, I don't know, move or something. It's it, it's good for you. A little bit of stress, a little bit of background fear is, is healthy, I feel. Yes. The Tribune continues. Why? She really likes it, exclaimed Ms. Ames, clapping her hands. And I said, yes, seems that way. He <laughs> groans. He might get angry. He groans. He might get angry letters about this and says, quote, I'll ignore it if it comes. The wine really did Duchess good. That's awesome. And also people back then weren't weren't too bright, were they? No, I remember there wasn't really a lot of qualifications for him to be a zookeeper aside from liking animals. So I what you're saying is if I had been back in that time frame, I could have been a zookeeper, then I'm all for it. Yeah. That sounds like fun. On May 4th, 2024, Duchess died on the care of her physician suffering from inflammation of the intestines. Ooh. Her death was sudden. She lived a mostly lovely life. Zoogoers adored her. She went on a pub crawl. She guzzled bubbly with a famous opera singer. However, she is not the only alcohol-ingesting elephant we're going to talk about in this episode. Oh, good. I was sad the story was over already. Duchess was delightful. Duchess was a side research tunnel that I went on getting to the main event. Oh, that sounds exciting. At this point in time, as we brought up, you might be wondering, should elephant elephants imbibe? And the answer is no. Yeah, I, I imagine aggressively not. So I Googled drunk elephant. <laughs> I bet that was fun. The first thing that came up was a New York Times article titled Elephants Can't Really Hold Their Liquor. Yeah, I believe it. It maintains a team of scientists say that the earlier myth-busting researchers made a common mistake. They assumed that elephants would have to consume as much alcohol to get drunk as humans do. In fact, elephants are likely exceptional lightweights because they and many other mammals lack a key enzyme that quickly metabolizes ethanol. 
That makes sense because let's face it, the amount of times that an elephant is going to stumble across some fermented fruit out in the wild is going to be a lot slimmer than say humans had to drink wine and beer so that they didn't die from drinking water. We definitely have a system for it where average animal isn't stumbling across fermented fruit like like humans did, did on purpose. <laughs> Unless they're a bear because there's apparently a video of a bear drinking White Claw. I believe it. The, and yeah. cocaine bear. And, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so bears have a different hunger, shall we say. Yeah, fair. And, and and I will say there was a thing when the cocaine bear thing came out, there was some sort of a meme going around about uh, sharks, cocaine sharks. <laughs> and um, I looked it up and I was very sad to learn that, yeah, probably not true. Potentially some sharks might be chomping on some stuff they find, but the chances of you running across cocaine shark is like about the same as getting bit three times by the same shark on different days. It's just yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> As I mentioned, learning about Duchess <laughs> is a byproduct of the research I did about another elephant at the Lincoln Park Zoo who became an avowed alcoholic. Well done, the zoo. Apparently <laughs> they love their uh, boozed up elephants. This sounds like it's going to be great. We're going to talk about Princess Alice the Lush. Oh, God. Princess and, Alice. They fricked up the name again, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> and apparently she got sick, so they soothed her with whiskey, and thus a dependency developed. Oh, no. Poor Princess Alice. I couldn't find a lot about Princess Alice's life at the Lincoln Park Zoo. Boo. It's... There's a disputed backstory there that she might not have come from Lincoln Park Zoo, but we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Here's a headline from a 2018 article of a Colorado newspaper called The Gazette, which was the first thing to come up during my research. And the title is Bathhouse John, Zoo Park's Pickled Pachyderm, spiced up the early 1900s Colorado Springs. Spiced up? Bathhouse John, whose government name is John Coughlin, along with Michael Pinky Dink Kenna, are two of the... Is that what you said? Hinky Hinky Dink, yeah. H-I-N-K-Y-D-I-N-K. Wow. They are two of the most corrupt politicians in Illinois history. (laughs) Of course they are. (laughs) Serving as co-aldermen for Ward 1. And the OG of corruption, Bathhouse John, served from 1892 until his death in 1938. That is a long time. Yes. It's been surpassed by another corrupt politician currently, but yes. Um, Of course, as we're going back to the open corruption rather than the hidden behind the scenes corruption. It. And in fact, notable gangsters such as Al Capone got their start working for Hinky Dink and Bathhouse John. Oh, so that just goes to show you that, yeah, no, fuck these guys. I, I, I saw something on Twitter a couple of, like, it was from that March 
or no, it was April, and it was tweeting about a city council meeting, and literally the quote was, Bathhouse John and Hinky Dink wouldn't even try this. Oh, like, I got to wow. figure out what's happening at our city council meetings. Yes. Yeah, so, like, now we know a little bit more about Bathhouse John and Hinky Dink. Yeah. In the early 1900s, Bathhouse John started vacationing in Colorado Springs. In 1906, he opened Zoo Park, thought to be, quote, Coney Island of the West, unquote. Oh, wow. This is according to the Gazette. True to his roots, many of the rides came from the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. Coughlin is reported to have bought them at a bargain price since he already had been charging for their storage on city property. Oh, that's totally safe. This is going to be totally safe. A million people aren't going to die. Make Alderman great again. I love the fact that he bought it at a, like the double dipping. He'd been charging the city to store the rides from the World Fair on city property and then bought them at a bargain. Yeah. And then was like, hey, so, you know, those rides that I've been charging you and city property and nine and a half other things. Now I'm just going to buy them from you for nothing and set them up and make more money off of them. This is just a bit. I see no problems with this. This is going to work out great, I imagine. So the Gazette goes on to say the star attraction among the over 100 animals in the menagerie was Princess Alice, an elephant that drank a pint of whiskey a day. The pickled pachyderm had been obtained from Chicago's Lincoln Park Zoo after Coughlin had convinced the city council that maintaining two elephants was a waste of money. Yeah, especially when this elephant's already drinking a pint of whiskey and that shit's not cheap. Oh, no, she wasn't an alcoholic yet. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Now... That said, according to Chicago publications, the zoo sold Alice because about six inches of her trunk were damaged from being squeezed in a door jam. And in this case, two things can be true at the same time. Fair. Chicago has been Chicagoing since they started (laughs) Chicago. Can I just say, I love that Chicago has been Chicagoing. It's Florida man's been Florida manning. It's like thing and i love it <laughs> i needed to know how an elephant became an alcoholic oh yeah no this is important from the book lords of the levy by lloyd went and herman cogan they're quoting coughlin here when i get a cold what do i do I take me a good drink of whiskey. Now, what is good for humans is good for elephants. Only they need more. What Princess Alice needs is a quart of a handel whiskey. Yeah, so a handle of whiskey, and that'll fix it right up. And well, they should have uh, changed your name to Princess Whiskey, is what they should have right. done. <laughs> a handle is a Chicago brand of whiskey. It's E H A N D A L E. He was doing some product placement in his quote. Oh, interesting. No, because I just thought when you're talking about booze, you talk about a handle of rum or a handle of a... So that's what I thought, but maybe that's where that came from. We'll have to look up the etymology of that. I don't know. Because the brand. Yeah, that would make sense. They force feed her whiskey. Drink whiskey, (laughs) princess. It'll be good. I promise. You'll really like it. The book goes on to say... 
halfway through her ordeal, Princess Alice suddenly relaxed and began to drink on her own accord. Never again did Princess Alice become intoxicated. She drank like a lady. Oh, that's adorable. Not really because they force fed her booze, but they force fed her booze. And and I also just want to point out that this is taking the words of one of the most corrupt politicians in the history of Illinois. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it didn't go as smoothly as he's making it sound. Yeah. Now, are you familiar with Action Park? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. This place is, I want to say, the precursor of Action Park. What? Uh, That is not, not as crazy. But by the way, it was dry. It was a dry zoo by the Oh, it's a dry zoo, but the elephant can have all the whiskey she wants. Yeah. (laughs) That's brilliant. And the first ward was the Vice District back in Chicago. (laughs) This is just getting better and better. Keep going. One season, the staff just let the monkeys run free. (laughs) I see. I don't see how this could cause any problems at all. A primate, na- a primate named Groucho kidnapped a guest dog and held it in a tree? <laughs> like a little Pomeranian or like a little Chihuahua? Just I don't know. I don't know. And it all seems so absurd, but then you listen to Action Park or learn about Action Park and you're like, who knows? Yeah, no. A- Action Park was crazy. Oh my God. More from the Gazette. The rise of reformers and organized crime was taking a serious bite uh, out of Coughlin's Chicago revenue. Around the same time, the gold fields of Cripple Creek were drying up, and with them, the disposable income of many of Colorado Springs residents. Despite adding and updating attractions, attractions, zoo park revenues tumbled. Make Alderman gain again. Damn it. Where's Hinky Dink? Go get John Bathhouse. We'll figure this out. Or CPAC, Chicago Profiteering Aldermatic Crimes. Oh, wow. This just gets better and better. Yeah. And so there's, you have this alderman. He's trying to make it this destination. He's losing money. There were some other issues that I didn't get into, but it's just like a shit show. Yeah. So sadly, but seemingly not shocking, Princess Alice died in a blizzard when her handlers failed to light a fire to keep her warm. What? They do understand that these animals are from Africa and don't do well. They're not woolly mammoths. (laughs) They were trying to cut down on cost. Yeah, so uh, let's just kill the elephant. That's fine. Yeah, no, I, I can see where that would cut down on costs. I can't imagine they're cheap to feed. <laughs> we'll get there. The Tribune headline on December 26, 1930, 13, reads, Coughlin's elephant dies from the Tribune. When mm-hmm. questioned, Bathhouse John recited a Tom Moore poem expressing his grief. Oh, yeah, I Tom Moore, that's the way to go. I always have a Tom Moore poem ready when I'm being asked about my dead elephant. 
You know what? I just always have random po poems ready, and this is me lying through my teeth. I, I don't do poems. Like I, <laughs> when I was a teenager, I wrote a bunch of those weird teenage poems you write, but that's the extent of my poem knowledge. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I always have a poem. This is why I'm. I'm just gonna. I have theories. I'm just gonna read with the what happens, and we'll get to my theories in a minute. According to Tribune, at which point Hinky Dink questioned him, saying, "Quote." What are you talking about? I heard you say less than a week ago that you wished all the animals at the zoo would die. Oh, wow. So Hinky Dink didn't realize you're not supposed to say the quiet part out loud? Is that what happened here? <laughs> Just total failure to communicate? Oh, wow. Oh, that's okay. But at least they're down in elephants, so I guess he got part of his wish. <laughs> Hinky Dink went on to say, this is according to the Tribune, you said they were eating their heads off in the winter and that it kept you broke buying alfalfa. Yeah, alfalfa's not cheap. It's not cheap now, but like probably wasn't very cheap back then either. To which Bathhouse John opined, quote from the Tribune, although it is true, she was fond of alfalfa and consumed about two tons a week, but I cared not for the expense. Now that she's gone, who will eat the alfalfa? You just stop buying it, Waffle. <laughs> this is where I don't know, maybe Bathhouse John deliberately killed Princess Alice. Yeah, it sounds potentially. <laughs> and Hinky Dink said the quiet part out loud. Wow, that's horrible and that's not a good freezing to death is not a great way to go no and, no and i imagine especially for an elephant that's used to or wants to be in warm weather so now it's already uncomfortable and now it's getting more and more uncomfortable and then just death that's just horrible yeah usually i approach things why this story why now in this case, I heard alcoholic elephant and I went down a rabbit hole yeah. where I learned how elephants process alcohol or don't. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of those things. It's, there's also just progress. Right, yeah. And also just progress like that. We actually know now that elephants can't process alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, zookeepers it, are not forcing whiskey yeah. down <laughs> elephants' throats. Here, you bought this. Yeah. Interesting, because when I was a kid, I had a dog that, you know, one when he was a puppy, one of the one of my mom's friends gave him some wine. So he became a wino. I've never been able to get another animal, a dog or cat, to drink wine or alcohol of any flavor. They just want water because they know that's what they want. So... It's just really interesting that if you force them or if they get across it when they're young enough, they don't know the difference, that they'll try it and be like, yeah, this is good. But for the most part, animals will avoid alcoholic beverages or stuff that's not water for the most part. So it's just intriguing that they thought that it would be a great idea to just force feed this elephant booze. Booze. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, not even like wine or anything, but just straight booze. Like, I would be lying if I wasn't also going to just re I mean, re reiterate that this is a narrative based on a very corrupt individual. Yeah, that's also true. And I'm sure it was not as friendly as he made it sound when they were first giving it to her. And 
But when it comes to the zookeepers and all, I do think they were doing, and this is what I want people to remember, people back then were doing the best with the knowledge that they had. Yeah, no, that's aggressively true. They they probably didn't truly believe they were doing this animal any harm, which is, I think, what makes it all the sadder. You know what I mean? Because one thing you're going to think is, I don't, I think Bathhouse John probably didn't care as much for Princess Alice, but I'm going to say that particularly in the Duchess situation, yeah. They cared about Duchess. Now, they, there were some other things that I omitted about Duchess where she was tied down for a very long time because they were afraid she would escape again. Yeah. And there were some other articles about the conditions of Duchess. And then, of course, the whole elephant riding. Oh, they they made they made her take people for rides? Yeah. No, that's sad. Yeah, but, but I mean, back then, that's what they thought elephants were. Like, it's weird. Yeah, that's, if anything, the story is just, first of all, it's just a glimpse into Chicago's batshit politics. Aggressively. And, and that's when they started play, saying the quiet the quiet part out loud, apparently. Which is when the, the city council meeting, when they're like, hinky dink and bathhouse John wouldn't do that for you it was a fascinating meeting because everybody was just saying everything on mic at like one point in time our former mayor Lori lightfoot was hey can we have some decorum and they're like this council doesn't have decorum <sighs> i just can't but good job for people knowing about bathhouse john and hinky dink it's good that these people obviously know their history or whoever wrote the piece or whatever yeah, we've just had so many colorful politicians here yeah. in Chicago. No, I mean, we, I, we started a city council in May, and it was noteworthy that none of our aldermen were under federal indictment. Good job, guys. We finally got some people in here that might not be horrible, maybe. But oh, we, no, there's a couple maybe. that are under federal investigation. And yeah. the only <laughs> reason that they don't have any under federal indictment now is because one retired after 54 years of being an alderman because he's 78 years old and has a federal trial in November. <laughs> At least he understood that maybe I should bow out. You know? <laughs> oh no, he got elected after he was indicted. Of course, that's what we do nowadays. We elect people who have been indicted or have done bad things and then get all confused when they do bad things in the town or state or wherever city that they were elected in. Listeners, I am working on a multi-part episode about Alderman Ed Burke. Uh, teaser, it's... It's a fascinating journey that we're going to go on in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear about it. 54 years of corruption is all I'm going to say. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that that is going to be good. I feel like you're going to have a lot to go on and a lot to compare it to what's happening nowadays in politics and show people because I think the biggest thing that people don't understand is they're like, oh, this is all new stuff. No, it's always been there burbling under the surface. You just haven't been looking hard enough. This is what America was founded on, literally. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. I think being from Illinois, like, a politician getting arrested is a Tuesday 
So maybe what's going on here is Illinois people are just used to it and are like, yeah, it's fine. It's just what we, we do here. We're used to it. Some senator is refusing to vote for attorney U.S. Attorney General for, for Illinois, for the Northern District. And somebody joked, they're like, it, it's, it's directly retaliatory because Trump got indicted. Oh, yeah, because these people think that it matters. Like, yeah. And so somebody posted on Twitter, do they have any idea how many Democrats the Northern District of Illinois has put away? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Somebody said she should filibuster and just get 10 more assistant attorney generals because or whatever they call them, the lawyers for this. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. I I got nothing. That's everybody now. Charlie Kirk was like, I think Democrats and liberals should agree that we just suspend all investigations. I'm like, no, I don't care if the, if the person did crimes. Yeah, no, if, if the person did crimes, I want a chance. I want the justice system to have a chance at that apple. You know what I mean? The whole purpose of the justice system is that it's supposed to be equal across the board. And I feel like we're finally pushing that now aggressively. And people are scared that, oh my God, there's really, we really can just treat rich people the same way we treat poor people. What's going on? And I think that's where a lot of people are pushing back because it's, oh, if they can throw rich people in jail, then they can throw anybody in jail. Oh, no. Exactly. Exactly. You're so close to getting it. Just so you know, they've been throwing the poors in jail for no reason for a long time. So you shouldn't be afraid that they're actually throwing the richies and the ex-presidents in jail for things they actually freaking did. Yeah, it's somebody had the quote, oh, you start to arrest everybody in Washington. Don't threaten me with a good time. Yes, no. I, here's the thing. Did a Democrat do a bad thing? Cool, indict them. Did a Republican do a good bad thing? Cool, indict them. Did an Independent do a bad thing? Cool, and I am all for it. Throw Hunter Biden in jail forever. I don't care. Like I'm for sure not voting for him again. It's just one of those things where it's just like, if you can prove to me that they did a crime, put them in jail. You, I will not be mad. But because the Republicans tend to be the ones on the wrong side of this, they get all uppity. Now we're gonna we're gonna throw everybody in jail. I don't know if you saw Vivek's tweet about one Owen Schroyer. Oh, um, I think I heard about this. What what was it again? Let me see if I can find it. No, but Vivek Ramaswamy is a complete and total idiot and doesn't know the truth. Literally, when it hits him in the head, you saw that video, I'm sure. No, I don't know if I did. Tell okay. me about it. He was standing in he was standing in front of this sign that says truth because he tries to push that he tells. Oh the, yeah, he literally fell on his head. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh. Let me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at 
Whole Foods Market. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Definitely worth the Google if you're ever bored. Oh, I saw it. (laughs) I had posted this on, yeah, because it was hilarious. Because Vivek does not know clearly who Owen is because in my world no one would be carrying water for anybody in the InfoWars world no if they knew so listeners if you don't know Owen Schroyer is also called the cuck destroyer mm-hmm. and he is a a host a, a word that's going to do a lot of work there on yeah. InfoWars mm-hmm. he now we're waiting for Vivek's little it's I've got the black wheel of death here. Oh, I hate that. Because it was a tweet. This starts as we're waiting. Yesterday, a man by the name of Owen, Owen Schroyer was sentenced to prison for quote unquote speech, not didn't didn't he get inside the Capitol that day? I don't even remember if he got inside the Capitol that day, but Knowledge Fight was real. Dan and Knowledge Fight was really specific. Owen was violating terms of a separate case that he had pled guilty to that would have been vacated if he had done 30 hours of community service. Community yeah. service. And he didn't. So that's what's happening there. But this is what Vivek says for marching around the Capitol, using a bullhorn and shouting things like 1776. No violence, didn't ap- enter the Capitol. But I think he was already not allowed to be on the Capitol grounds until he'd done his community service. And it's one of those things where it's, if he had just done the thing, then he probably would have just gotten a slap on the wrist. But no, I these, but, but, they, they just bitch about anything and everything, even when they don't know the facts. They don't know the facts. And but then the fun part was some people started to call Owen a fed. Because, of course, they did. Because he pled guilty. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was bad. He knew he was bad, and he wasn't going to fight it. Either that or his attorney, good old Norm Pattis, was just like, I can't take any more L's. <laughs> yeah. You just need to accept that you messed up, and we need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Into, I think the thing of it is, though, going back to Chicago and the corruption and the i think there are a lot of people that just believe they're politicians oh here's a good one utterly benign lauren bobert mm-hmm. have you seen what her kerfuffle seeing beetlejuice oh my god yeah no and then she i think she tried to say it didn't happen and they're like but we got video yes she, they said she oh, didn't vape it was a smoke machine yeah <laughs> don't vape in public places that is basic politeness i wouldn't walk into a bar that doesn't allow smoking and just light up you know what i mean the whole video i'm obsessed with it because it's all the things that are wrong she admitted that the only thing she was guilty of was singing loudly no one paid money to hear her sing yeah but 
it's a fascinating looking at the spin of it all. Oh, and it's just because what they do is they, it's funny because they don't even twist the facts anymore. They just say the opposite thing happened. Then just keep saying that. If they shout loud enough, it'll make it true. But what happens is that these people who just listen to like right-wing news rags or whatever, they're in an echo chamber, right? So all they hear is the shouting of the opposite facts and they just take it as truth. And that's the problem is that these people get caught up in these just circular logic because they never see the real report. They just see the whatever these people are shouting about. Even on Twitter, people are like, it didn't happen. I'm like, but there's video that it happened. Then it's, she didn't know she wasn't supposed to take, it's illegal. (laughs) They make an announcement at the beginning of the show. Please do not engage in photography or videotaping because it's protected material. It's copywritten. She knew and she wasn't being targeted. Oh God, no. Yeah, like the victim, just like you can't even have an agreement on what is reality. And I find the Lauren Boebert thing to be completely fascinating because I have this theory that the pretzel, the putting ourselves into pretzels for just condoning abhorrent behavior (laughs) is, is... And I don't know if it's post-COVID. I think people were acting abhorrently before, but the filters are off a little bit more. I feel like what happened with COVID is that people just stopped learning how to stop saying the quiet part out loud kind of thing. People stopped learning how to be polite in public because with some of the younger kids, they hadn't really been in public, hadn't been to school in person and nine and a half other things. And then with adults and teenagers and stuff, it it gets weird because we were locked in our homes with just ourselves or our family or whatever for two years. Um, But it's just one of those weird things that we just stopped learning how to interact appropriately with each other. But then it's just like the making of excuses. As someone who worked in theater, there are at least four things that she did that are completely abhorrent in one 50 second video. Oh yeah. Vaping, mm-hmm. taking pictures with flash photography, singing oh, along. Yeah. At one point in time, her date grabs her boob. Rose. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I'm all for PDA, but there's a time and a place for that. And it's not like at a show like that. <laughs> I'm just saying we used to have a consensus where one of those four things we could at least agree were wrong. And now there's just excuse making. And I've got to tell you, if my Senate thought, <laughs> if Dick Durbin did that, I would be outraged by him. Oh, hinky jinks on the sideline clapping. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so it is just interesting. Jenna Ellis, of all people, called out Lauren Bober and was like, this is where it said Republicans should demand better. Yeah, but they're not gonna because these people, this is what they get clout for this. You know what I mean? I don't really think people feel it's defendable. What I think people, like I said, like these super right-wing Republicans, they just don't care. And they're like, good job for her. Good for her smoking and being a shithead in public. Yeah. Yeah. That's like me. I do that. Yeah. 
it's weird. It's a fight for Democrats are just asking for civility and Republicans are like cake and circuses for all. And there used to be a point in time where we could agree that calling in bomb threats to libraries is not good. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Pastime, and you should probably go to jail. And there have been like 14 of them in Illinois this week. Yeah. No, and nobody's serving jail time for it. Oh, I think that, I don't know. I think they might. Um, Hopefully. I know I don't have an answer for it, but when Michigan had a school shooting, there were a ton, this is of course not, Illinois, but there yeah. were like a copycat call-in threatens, and mm-hmm. those people did have punishment. What's going to happen with these bomb <laughs> threats? They find the people, and yeah. you're going to end up with more MAGA people victimizing themselves, oh, and yeah. then more people who don't understand the narrative m- defending them, and yeah, fighting that it's appropriate to do bomb threats to libraries. Yeah, because let's be honest, okay. The reason why it's okay is because they were having drag queens do story hours, so that makes it perfectly fine. Now it's now it's just, the children with their fabulousness. I now mean, it's just they have so. books that they don't like. Oh yeah, no, and but yeah, you can just see how it's going to keep getting more and more absurd. Whereas I just call me a wacky lefty but i just want the library to be open yeah like why can't we just have books in a library you take them out if you want them you ignore them if you don't why does there have to be there's plenty of right-wing nazi white supremacist propaganda in there you don't see us going in there and saying get rid of all these books like i'm of the age where we read a lot of bc andrews are you familiar with bc andrews not off the top of my head. She she wrote Flowers in the Attic. Okay. Every plot, every book involves incest. Yeah, that's weird. No she, one she obviously had some issues when she was younger. Yeah. No one is protesting VC Andrews being in the libraries. No one is protesting so many other things that they could be holding up. It's all one genre of book. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's, it's all specifically like the kid LGBTQ books. Yeah. And here's the thing. As a parent, you have the right, like my I was a big reader and my, I wanted to read, I remember I wanted to read The Color Purple when I was 12. Oh. And my mom read it and she's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't read that yet. And do you know what I love about my parents? When when I was a kid, <clears throat> I was big into the fantasy sci-fi stuff. So I would just go to the adult fantasy section and just grab a book. And my mom would be like, are you sure that's what you want? And I'd be like, yeah, no, it looks really cool. And then I remember I bought this one book and it was one of those big fat ones. It was like my first big fat book. I was like eight. And um, I brought it home and I started reading it. And I couldn't understand it because I was that young. So a lot of the terminology was just weird to me. So I put it back on my shelf and I went back to it several years later. And I was like, oh, that's why I didn't get any of this because it was just stuff I hadn't been stumbled across in the wild yet. You know what I mean? But now I understand. And it turns out there was like a bunch of sex scenes in it and stuff. So I was like, okay, (laughs) but 
But again, my mom didn't say I'm going to have to read it first or anything like that. So that was nice. My mom read a lot of the- I literally could just buy any book I wanted. Yeah. (laughs) It was good because we could have conversations. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, that. see, that's nice. Yeah. 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 And and the librarian was always like, we could have conversations about it or, you know, and would trust the librarian. But now it's, yeah, I want to- some Illinois politician whose name I can't remember off the top of my head was like, it's about not letting some parents determine what all parents let their children read. And I think that's the, because one of the things that that really throws me and doesn't really throw me because I understand what they're trying to do here. But one of the things that's always pissed me off is their whole, it's about freedom. And I'm like, yeah, except it's not. Because you're taking away other people's freedoms. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm not going to tell you what books your kid can and cannot read. But you're going to do that for me. I'm not going to control what you do with your body. But you're going to do that for me. You're going to hide it under the guise of God. What is the real thing here? It's not about freedom. It's about control. And this is what Democrats need to understand. Yeah. Also, I had thought about going to the library yesterday. You're taking my freedom to go look up things. <laughs> yeah, because it's not about freedom. It's about control. All right. Do you have any final thoughts about the elephants? I think R.I.P. Alice, a.k.a. Princess Whiskey, and R.I.P. Duchess. You were amazing elephants, and I'm sorry that you were Duchess lived a good life at the end, it sounds like, but Princess Alice, not so much. So I I hope they're up in heaven or wherever animals go and enjoying their champagne and whiskey. All right. Now, where can people find you on the internet? All right. You can find me at Risen Lady Heathen or Boomerex Tonight, no spaces on Facebook or on YouTube as Boomerex. Check your favorite podcasting service for Boomerex Tonight. Hit us up on Twitter, now called X, which I absolutely hate, at Brex Tonight. And if you Google Boomerex Tonight, no spaces, all links will lead you to us. All right. And Listeners, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this content, hit the subscribe button quicker than an elephant downs a vanilla Coke. Leave a five-star review and tell your friends. Tune in next week when we cover Obama's legendary 2004 Senate run. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.